You're now listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. A Place of Refuge vision is to cause people to be productive in every aspect of life according to God's Word. For more information, please stop by our website at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Now, here's today's message already in progress. From a positive standpoint, twin has to do with something that has doubled. It's when God blesses you twice as much. It's when God causes you to receive double for your trouble. As the old saying goes, but you you get twice as much. You pray for one thing, but because God will do exceedingly abundantly above what you ask or think, he gives you two times as much. Whoo, I done had that happen. Lord Jesus, if, if you done had it happen, just, just stick your hand up like mine and say, he done gave me double for my trouble. <laughs> Two times. Lord, I just want to go on a vacation just one time this year, and he mess around and you go on two. Lord, a, a, a TV for the living room would be nice. But then he gives you one for the bedroom and the living room. Twice. Ain't nothing like receiving two blessings at the same time. Somebody gave you a hundred, but before you could walk ten feet, somebody else dropped another hundred on you. Woo! Ain't it a blessing when double comes your way? I said, ain't it a blessing when double comes your way? But twin, a double can also be looked at from a negative standpoint. Especially from a biblical point of view. Because as a Christian, if you don't watch yourself, you can be double-minded. You can be double-minded. Double, twice as much, wonderful. Double in reference to your mind, dangerous. Let me show you why. Let's go to James 1 real quick. James chapter 1. I want to read it. I could just quote it, but I need you to see this. Because this may be where somebody is. James 1, we'll start at verse 5. All right, when you get there, say, I'm there, preach. James 1 and 5. 
If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to how many? Liberally and without reproach. He gives to all liberally and without reproach. And it will be given to him or her. But let him ask in faith. Trust God to give it to you. That's simply what that means. When you ask in faith, you're just going to trust him to give it to you. Not on your timetable, but on his timetable. Let him ask in faith with no doubt. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man or woman suppose that he or she will receive anything from the Lord. He drops the reason in verse 8. He or she is double-minded, unstable, not consistent. Unstable in all his or her ways. If you're going to ask him, you can't be double mind you gotta have one mind the mind of Christ Philippians 2 and 5 let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus you have the power to have a Christ like mind you can't be perfect like Jesus but you can strive to think like Jesus because it's clear from the scripture that his mind was on God and the things of God. You can keep your mind on the things of God throughout the day. Even in trouble, you can answer your trouble with the word. I said you can answer your trouble with the word. But when you're double-minded, notice you won't receive anything. From the Lord. Everything I have, I wouldn't have if it wasn't for him. I can't mess up my, my little flow coming in. How many know you got, you got a flow, you know God just doing stuff for you? You can't start acting... You got to keep your mind single. You got to keep the mind of Christ so you can continue to receive what does says God. You'll continue to receive his promise. You show me a person that's not receiving from God. I'll show you a person that is double-minded. I'm talking Christians. If you're a Christian, you're not receiving a flow from God. You're double-minded. Even when you go through trouble, God will still be blessing you. As long as you keep your mind in the place it needs to be. But when you become double-minded, God will just cut off everything. When God done told you he's going to do something, but then you get to wondering more than trusting him, you double-minded. Or you get to going back and forth, you double mind, and you'll see things just shut down. I got too much going on for my blessings to be shut down. 
I need him. I really believe what Jesus told his disciples. Without me, you can do nothing. I believe that. And so I, I, I don't need to be double-minded. Even when my situation is trying to fight me mentally, I still have to keep believing. Because sometimes it's a battle to fight what God has told you he's going to do when you're, when, when you're not seeing what you want to see as a human. And things are constantly attacking you. It's a battle. But you have to remember that if God did it before, he'll do it again and again and again. Y'all with me? And so, Thomas was not only a disciple of Jesus, but he was somebody that Jesus had chose to be an apostle or a sent one. Breaking it down, he had chose Thomas to be a witness. Somebody that's going to be able to talk about how good Jesus is. Going to be able to talk about how, how Jesus can turn your situation completely right. Somebody will, that, that was going to be able to, to, to tell folks, God can cause a change in your life to the point to where you will be changed forever. You won't have to worry about certain things no more if you let him do something fight. He had chose Thomas to be a sent one, a witness of the goodness, mercy, and love of God. And Thomas did good until Jesus laid on the table except a grain of wheat fall to the ground and die. There's not going to be a harvest. Jesus said, I gotta die in order for a new birth to happen for people. You say, but hold on, I'm, 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 I, got, I got to die. But just like the wheat that dies but comes forth with a harvest, I'm going to resurrect. I got power to lay my life down. But I also have power to pick it up again. And Thomas was there with the rest of them. Specifically, the 12, when he told them the words that I'm telling you. 
And so it came to pass Jesus died. But he had to remain in the grave in order to take care of some more business for, for three days. So in between that time, a lot of things had, had happened. But, but once the third day came, Jesus got to talking to folks. And so, so he talked to his disciples. At the time he talked to them, Thomas was not. Was not present. He wasn't. He wasn't there. But you know how when when you done seen the word come to pass and you you testifying about how it it has come to pass. You you got to just you just got to say it to folk who who may not know about it. And so he did. He didn't know that Jesus had visited them. But then they told him, "Look, we done seen the law." We done seen him. He, he, he rose just like he said. We saw him. And just talked about how wonderful the experience was and so forth. But then Thomas said, if I can't touch him, where they pierced him. I can't believe it. I hear what y'all saying, but I can't receive it until I see him with my own eyes and touch him with my hands. And so, Subsequently, time goes by, and Jesus, he shows up. Matter of fact, let, let's read it a little bit. Because some of y'all looking like, where in the world is that what Pastor's talking about? <laughs> it's right above our main text in John 20. Now, notice this. We'll start at verse 24. Now, Thomas called the twin one of the twelve was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said to him, we have seen the Lord. So he said to them, unless I see in his hands the print of the nails and put my finger into the print of the nail and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. After eight days, his disciples were again inside and Thomas with them. Jesus came the doors being shut. He came in a miraculous way. Didn't open up the door. He just went through the door. And stood in their midst and said, peace to you. So he done showed up this time, but Thomas is there. He's there. And he greets everybody, including Thomas. By saying peace to them. He not only greeted them with peace, but he was operating in peace. Because as we read on, we're going to find out that Jesus already knew what Thomas had been talking. But he didn't come in with no attitude. He came in with peace. Why, why am I pointing this out? Because 
Some of us have to get to the point to where even when we done heard about somebody talking about us, we, we, we still going to come in the right way. You know, so so-and-so said such-and-such about you. And uh, brother so-and-so was in agreement with, I can't wait till I see them. I can't wait till I see them. I can't wait till. No, you, you got to be just like Jesus. You know somebody done talked about you. See, Thomas basically had called Jesus a lot. Along with his disciples. Jesus, remember Jesus had told him along with them, I'm going to die, but I'm going to get up. And so the disciples said, hey, he done got up. We seen him. But then Thomas implied that it was a lie. Unless I see him and touch him, I'm not going to believe. But Jesus, again, he didn't have no attitude. He just said, hey, peace be to you. He uses the, the Greek word, erain, prosperity. Unto you. But peace also means being in a state to where you're not going to quarrel, not going to be any dissension, or basically you're not going to be messy. I know what you said, Thomas, but I'm not going to get in the can with you, I'm not going to be messy. Woo. Say to your neighbor, it takes a grown purse. Takes a mature purse to notice somebody done been talking about them, but they still going to smile and, and love on their enemy. Some folk like to argue to the point to where they, 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 they won't even allow the person they arguing with to get their point over. <laughs> they just ready to say what they got to say and they go back and forth. Not resolving anything. Not clearing up anything. But Jesus was not going to go there with Thomas. Wasn't going to show a side that was in contrast to God's way. Lord have mercy. Let me go on. But before I go on, look at somebody and say, don't go there when somebody wants you to go there. <laughs> Woo, even your spouse, don't you go there when she want to go there. Don't you go there when he want to go there. Don't you go there when your supervisor want to take you there. These folk trying to act like you lying, trying to make you come out of your bag and act like you ain't saved. Don't you go there. The best place to be and the safest place to be is in the will of God. Some of y'all so cool, like ain't nobody never took you there. You done been there with your Sunday morning saved self. You done, you done been there. Pastor, I wasn't going to say nothing, but he took me. <laughs> yeah, you act like that's your first time going there. You done been there. But now that you know how to handle it, you don't have to go there no more. 
Or if you do, you know you need to quickly repent and act like Jesus. You know the old song, want to be like him. Just like Jesus, how me can. Oh, now you don't know how to sing. But he had to talk to Thomas. He, he couldn't allow someone that he had chosen to be a witness to not know he had erred. He had sinned. He had made a grave mistake. He had to talk to him. Couldn't let this one slide. I, I, I got to talk to him. I done went and told him all this, and now he acting as if. I lied. <laughs> now, he didn't say none of this to him, but he had to talk to him. And so we're going to look at what he, what he had to say to Thomas. Oh, that mercy. Y'all going to stay with me? Okay. Here we go. He said to Thomas, Verse 27 of John 20. Reach your finger here and look at my hands and reach your hand here and put it into my side. Everything that Thomas said he had to do in order to believe Jesus is taking him there. That's what he's doing. Taking him there. And then once he allows him to touch him and, and do all that, then he says something after he touches him. He says, do not be unbelieving, but believing. Because see, see, some folk can even touch or see something, but still don't believe. Some of us ha ha have seen how God has raised folk up in, in the church. But then you get to going through something in your body, you act like you ain't seen nothing. See, the person that God raised up is your sign when you get to going through something in your body. For you to believe that God in truth is no respecter of person. And if he raised her up, he can raise you up. You're crying about your money, but, but God, he, he, he done gave you some signs. You done heard. Many folk talk about how they gave to God. And God turned their financial situation completely around. They went from the poor house to getting their heart's desire. But yet when you get to going through it financially, you act like you ain't seen. How God can change your situation for the better. It's too many folk in here that God has gave a miracle 
when they were going through something physically, for you to start going through something physically and having a, a pity party. Remember your sign. If God raised them up, he'll raise you up. You overcome by your testimony or somebody else's testimony according to Revelation. You got to know and you got to believe. And so he had Thomas touching him. But then in the end, he wanted him to believe. Never forget the signs that God has given you in reference to other people or other things. Because if God did it for them, he'll do it for you. No respecter of person. God ain't like Cousin George now. You know George, he'll, he'll give Mary something in a minute because he like Mary. And though you George second cousin, you're like Mary George second cousin. He don't, he don't give you nothing like he do Mary. God ain't like that. God will bless you and Mary. No respecter of person. But you have to believe and recognize what God has done. He's still doing. And he's not going to quit doing. Now, in hindsight, what, what Thomas being a chosen Disciple called to be an apostle didn't recognize is the power of words. He never should have said out of his mouth what he said. Death and life is in the power of the tongue according to Proverbs 18 and 21. You have to watch what you say. I said, you have to watch what you say. Because it's going to come back on you. I said, it's going to come back on you. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And he who loves or uses the tongue shall eat or manifest the fruit. What you say will show up. Lord, I'm going to be a diabetic like my cousin. Keep saying it. Without repenting. Keep speaking that to your, yourself. And you'll see Proverbs 18 and 21 is, is real. Thomas shouldn't have said what he said, but the reason he said what he said is because he doubted. The root meaning of doubt is to be uncertain. That, that, there are certain things you may be uncertain about, but, but the word shouldn't be one of them. You can be uncertain about 
was directly behind this part of the wall. You can be uncertain about that. That ain't going to hurt you. Because we, we don't want you guessing and missing or, or lying about it. But it. So you can be uncertain about that. But not about this. Not about revelation. You have to be certain about what is written and about revelation that is in line with what is written. You never can be uncertain about that. Even, even when you recognize you're not omniscient, you still have to be certain about the word. You have to be certain that if God did it for the woman with the issue of blood, he'll do it for me. You have to be certain about that. Because whatever you doubt can hinder. Whatever you doubt that God told you can hinder your miracle from coming to fruition. I got to show you something. Yeah, this, this is very important. Go with me to uh, Mark chapter 11. Y'all stay with me. I'm almost done. Y'all good? All right, go with me to Mark 11. And when you get to Mark 11, say, preach, I'm there. Mark 11. We'll start at verse 22. Jesus said, to them have faith in God. For surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not, what? Doubt. You can't doubt. You can't doubt. You can't be uncertain. Whatever Jesus tells you, you don't be uncertain about it. You be certain it's going to happen. Even if you have to fight down spirits that's coming to your mind. You, God said he's going to do it, he's going to do it. You have to be certain. But again, he says, surely I say to you, or I guarantee you, or surely, Kano's guarantee. I guarantee you. For surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believe. See, that was Thomas' trouble. He doubted. He didn't believe. But believe that those things he says will be done. Now notice how he changes the wording. He will have whatever he what. He goes from talking about speaking to a mountain to talking about whatever. He didn't want his disciples to limit talk to just one thing. You can speak according to the word and if you believe it, it's going to come to pass. That's God-like power. Oh, Lord. I didn't say you was no God. I said that's God-like power. Paul talked about how God is the one that speaks those things that are not as though they were. When did he do it? In the book of Genesis, the first chapter. Let there be light. And there was what? Wasn't no light before he spoke it. Let me just do something here. Let me put a lesser light up there and let me put a great light. Let me put a moon and let me put a sun. 
Well, since the moon is going to be that lesser light, let me put some stars up in the sky. He did all that when it was nothing. And according to Mark 11, 22 and 23, you can speak certain things. And of course, rightly dividing the word, it has to be in line with the written and revealed. Those things will come to pass. You have to say it before you see it. That's faith. You say it before you see it. But you say it because that's what the word promises. He died so I'd be healed. So I'm going to say my healing. Because that's what he died for. I'm going to say I'm going to be financially abundant. I'm going to say it because I'm going to bring gifts to God and be a blessing to others. You have to say it and apply it. You have to walk therein. Once you say it, you got to walk therein. He's going to have whatever he, he says. Whatever. Some of us right now, it wasn't the credit that got that thing for you. You start speaking, it was going to be yours before you even got it. God going to bless me with that. One day, that's what I'm going to have. And you just kept saying it and staying in the will of God. And that thing came to pass. That's Bible. See, see some of us don't believe in miracles, but you should based upon what you have seen God do for so many of us. I'm going to tell you something. Miracles are real. You hear me? Miracles are real. God will heal your body. God will turn your situation completely around. God will have folk bless you from the north, south, east, and west. But you have to know that his will is right. And he is still a God of miracles. But you can't be wasting his time with doubt. Say to your neighbor, you can't be wasting God's time with no doubt. God done done too many things for you to be uncertain. I said God done done too many things for you to be uncertain. Will seem like they put doubt in you. You don't let them put no doubt in you. You got to understand something. Folk going to try to make you doubt or wonder. But you got to hold on to what you know is right. And what you know is going to manifest. What is that? God's word. If he said it, he'll do it. He'll bring it to pass. Preach that to somebody. If God said it, he'll do it. He'll bring it to pass. Why? He's not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. Has he not said it? Will he not do it? Will he not make it good? 
I get to going through hard stuff sometimes. As far as a man and God, let me know, look, ain't nothing too hard for me. Ain't nothing too hard for me. And I start remembering he with me. And he done promised he going to work everything out for my good. I can shout in my trouble. I can shout in my trial. I can turn victory in victory when it don't look like But God don't want you down him and he done did for you what your own mammy couldn't do. Oh, I ain't putting down your mammy. Don't even act like I'm putting down your mammy. You know I ain't putting down your mama. I don't know her like that. I ain't putting down your mama, but I'm telling you God done did more for you than your own mama. That's the reason I can't let nobody be first. Except God. God going to always be first for me. I said he going to always be first. You ain't got to worry about me putting this before you. You ain't got to worry about me putting that before you. You ain't got to worry about me putting her before you. going to be number one because you done been better to me than anybody. Has he been better to you than anybody? Look at somebody and tell them, can't nobody but nobody but nobody do you like Jesus. I said, can't nobody but nobody but nobody but nobody do you like Jesus. Thomas, because you done seen me, that's why you believe. And see, and see, if you look in scripture, Jesus had been good, not just to Thomas, but to all his disciples. Get, get this, everywhere they went, they saw him performing the miraculous. And most of the time it was performed, it wasn't him putting no hand on nobody. It was him just saying the word. Thomas knew how powerful the word was. And, and Jesus just simply spoke the word that he was going to die and get up. But Thomas knew the word. But Jesus said, Thomas, you believe because you done, you done seen. I would have said it a different way. Thomas, you ought to be ashamed of yourself. As much as you done saw, you acting like this? But you know, it, it, Thomas got kinfolk in every church. <laughs> oh, that mercy, he got kinfolk in every church. He died, but his descendants didn't die. <laughs> Especially spiritual descendants. You can't just go by what you see. You got to claim your healing before the x-ray. And don't act like that x-ray machine is flawless. 
Nothing or nobody is flawless except God. They may even pick up the wrong x-ray. You got to have in your mind is what God said and nothing else. And you got to stand on that. Even though it, it seems like everything that can fight your mind is coming against it. You still have to stand on God's word. Thomas, you believe in because you see. How many times have, have, have I just said. Something that was not there and it appeared. And now you, I done chose you to be my witness. You doubt. He could show up at a place of refuge right now and do the same thing to somebody on this first row. Or the second. Or we can go across the room. And the 39th person, he might be able to. <laughs> Say to your neighbor, you got to believe even when you don't see it. <laughs> see, see, we can't be moved by the seen more than the unseen. Oh, it's certain things I see that, that, that they move me. First time I saw the ocean, it, it just moved me. Here I am in my 20s. I ain't never saw nothing like this. And all of a sudden, we turn this, we turn this little curve and just like the ocean, get ready to just overtake us. And I'm ducking down in the seat and all that. I mean, God, God we finna try And Brother Rick can say, it ain't coming. It, it, it ain't coming at us. I said, what's going on with all that water? Oh, it's going to stop. It look, see all them waves? How they go? They'll come in so far, and then they'll just stop. So you can just go on and rise and take a look. I was scared, man. I didn't know what was going on. You ever seen? I mean, that was the first time I ever seen the ocean in my 20s. And so some things you see will move you. But nothing should move a child of God more than the unseen. Nothing. Nothing should move you more than the unseen. And I'm talking to children of God. For, for children of God are to live by faith. And Hebrews 11 and 1 said, Faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things, get this, not seen. And then it goes on to talk about faith of things in the unseen. It said, by it the elders obtained a good Things that we see with our eyes were made by things that we don't see. Woo, can you imagine that? You're looking at it, but it came into being by something that you can't even see. That's what the Bible says. 
you got to be moved by the unseen more than the seen. You had never been to Florida. You had, uh, you, you had just heard about Disneyland and Universal. See, you had never been. You've seen brochures and, and, and you looked at it and talked about, I'm going to ride that right there. I can't wait to see that castle at, at Disney World. I, 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 I can't wait to see Mickey Mouse either. I wonder if he a little bitty mouse. I wonder. I, just, I, just, I can't wait. And then all of a sudden, you, you made it to Florida. <laughs> you made it to Orlando. And, and then when you start seeing stuff, your mouth was just wide open. <sighs> Did y'all see that? Yeah, we done been here about ten times. Yeah, we, we, we done seen but we were just like you the first time. And so go ahead, keep your mouth open, but be careful because things fly around here. But just keep looking and being excited, just excited because of what you, you see. You're excited because of what you see. But again, what you see should never move you more than the unseen because living by faith requires you to believe what you don't see. But notice what Paul said in 2 Corinthians 4 and 18. I'm closing. I'm getting ready to close. 2 Corinthians 4 and 18. Y'all all right? Your mind probably at Disney World right now. Come on back. I need you back. 2 Corinthians 4 and 18. This is what Paul said. While we, who is the we? Christians. Christians. While we do not look at the things which are seen. Now you can't tell your unsaved cousin that. You got to have special stuff. Or the special one in you. To receive this. You got to have the Holy Spirit. While we do not look at the things which are. Help me. He's talking about you. If you're a Christian. Well what do we look at? But at the things which are. I hear what you're telling me, Doc. And I know there's something going on in me. But I believe my God is working in me more than what's going on in me. You have to believe in the primary one you have never seen. God. I said you have to believe in the primary one you have never seen. You haven't seen him, but you know he has hands because he has touched you more than one time. You haven't seen him, but you know he has a voice. Because not only has he spoke to you indirectly uh, or through his shepherd, 
But God has talked to you in times to where no words could soothe you but his words. And it wasn't an audible voice. God just simply showed up and just said to you or spoke to your mind, it's going to be all right. And chills went up and down your body. And at midnight, you got to speaking in heavenly language and giving God the highest praise. Hallelujah. Yeah, thank you, Jesus, for letting me know it's going to be all right. And, and when he drops a word on you like that, when you get up the next morning, you feel good about yourself. You feel good about your situation. But you didn't see it. You didn't see it, but you know he talked. Oh, good God, somebody ought to be getting happy beside me. Will you ask somebody, have God ever talked to you? And what he said to you, change your mindset. Change your situation. Have he ever talked to you and it caused you to get out the bed and give him a, a praise? Won't he drop a word on you in the midnight hour? I ain't never seen him. But you know he talked. And then you see stuff that he does that's just, that's just amazing. I'm going to tell you something that happened about a week ago. And I, I know God just wanted me to see it. It was just hot, 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 hot outside. And I was right here in the parking lot in, in my truck. And all of a sudden in, in this 90-something degree weather. I saw on the pavement just a few leaves and, and dirt just being blown, gone from going from one place to another. I said, good God Almighty, it's hot. I don't feel no breeze <laughs> from nowhere. But those leaves and that dust are just going through the parking lot. I said, man, I got to get out and see this miracle. I said, God can even cause something to, to move with his wind when there's no wind around. No doubt it was nothing but a miracle right in this parking lot. Right in his parking lot. You have to believe in the unseen, point blank. All right, all right. 2 Corinthians 4 and 18. Let's, let's, let's look again. Let's look. For while we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. Notice this. For the things which are seen are what? Yeah. They're temporary. Yesterday was beautiful, but it's, it's gone. Some stuff you were worried about last year. 
is no longer a concern. You shouldn't have been worried about it anyway, but nevertheless, it's no longer a concern because God moved. You hear what I'm saying? But then, this is what I want you to get. But the things which are not seen or the unseen are what? Eternal. Eternal. Now, one word is used in the Greek that defines eternal. Perpetual. Perpetual. Two important definitions when it comes to perpetual. First definition, lasting forever. And no doubt that particular definition of perpetual equates God or all that pertains to him. God has always been and he will always be. He is in the realm of forever. But then the second definition of perpetual is what I want you to get as I close it. Occurring again and again. Let me go on to the country. Happening over and over and over and over and over. The Bible says many are the afflictions of the but God shall deliver him or her out of them. What do you call that? What he does in the unseen. You're afflicted, so you should be. Well, God going to cause me to get healed. Why? Because he is eternal, perpetual. And so if he healed me the last time, he going to heal me this time. Now, sometimes he, he'll choose whether he's going to heal you on earth or allow you to get to heaven. But what, what you have to have in your mind, no matter what you go through, you're going to be healed. He took them stripes so you could be I said he took them stripes for you to be This spirit of sadness is battling me, but it ain't going to win because he done, he done already carried my sorrows I'm not going to live no, no unhappy life I'm going to be happy so even though I'm battling this it's not going to win I'm going to be happy all of this is in the realm of the unseen for the things that are not seen are eternal perpetual you, you have to know that God going to heal you every time. I don't know if he can really heal what I'm going through, see? He, and he ain't because you, 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 you can to Thomas. And it's evident by what you, you say. Well, you know, they saying, well, who you think's word is more weighty? What they say or what God say? Do they have the final say? 
Are they off? God blesses us through the unseen because the unseen, according to 2 Corinthians 4 and 18, is eternal, perpetual, lasting forever, happening over and over again. Ain't no one time blessing like the lottery. Play that lottery, got unhidden in. Here go that demon getting you to go back again and again and again. But God said, I'm going to bless you today. And if you stay in my will, I'm going to keep blessing you. Bless are those who yet believe though they have not seen say your neighbor the blessing is in the realm of the unseen that's what Jesus told Thomas blessed are those who have not seen but believe question on your table right now are you one that believes more in the seen than the unseen or vice versa? I learned many years ago, I'm just going to trust in the unseen. God, if you said this is going to be mine, I'm just going to wait on your timetable until it manifests. But you got to be moved. You got to be persuaded or convinced by the unseen. And again, the primary thing in reference to the unseen is, is him and his, and his word. I'm going to stop right there. Let's get the Lord.